0: All right. Welcome to Down by the Bank episode 36. This is Corey. Hey guys. What's up? It's Derek. Just a reminder that down by the bank is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google play. And if you guys could leave a rating and review on iTunes. So how's it going? I'm
1: going to leave a rating and review for you and JK3. Man, you know good and well. I would do anything in my power to record, but unfortunately when sales conference calls, I got to go. So. Uh, but I got something for j k three next time <laughs> I see him. um, I hope you trip over a rock right now, sir, and uh that that's all I got to say about that.
0: yeah, I was trying to tell him I was like, no man, he's dedicated like he's oh, man, he oh man look at you to too
1: your you turncoat. <laughs> 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 right, yeah. oh man, but yeah, no, I was uh up in North Carolina, and uh glad to be back home and glad to be uh talking some Jags football during the off season uh, the, the press conference that Coughlin had the other day, man, that was, you know, he didn't show his hand, you know, he's an ultimate poker player, you know, and he's a professional. So that's the way it should be.
0: Well, it's hard for me to honestly, unless I go back and look at YouTube clips, you know, the old days when he was the coach, I was significantly younger. I wasn't exactly watching press conferences all the time. So, um, but you could definitely tell the tone was a little bit different from, the Gus Bradley press conferences and the Dave Caldwell press conferences it wasn't it wasn't too aggressive but it was kind of aggressive versus the kind of the friendly nature that we saw in the prior seasons
1: well you know Coughlin is a realist man Gus sometimes wouldn't say certain things to protect the ego of certain players <laughs> Bortles, um who, who didn't feel like they weren't mentally tough enough and Coughlin hit on that and when he said toughness he didn't just talk about physical toughness He's talking about mental toughness with certain players, whether it be, you know, our, our QB, our wide receivers, uh, defense, whoever it may be. He was talking about mental toughness too. And, um, with, with Bortles, uh, you know, obviously he didn't, you know, say too much. He, you know, most, some outlets said that, oh, he wants to ditch Bortles and, oh, you know, that's not what he said. He basically said everybody's going to have an opportunity to prove themselves. They're all going to quote unquote interview, and and and, and who, who knows what's going to happen? But you know, Bortles basically has one year. Yeah, one year, one off season to get it right.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't really take the approach that he was negative on Bortles. I think, like you said, he was just kind of giving the PC answer to kind of. Uh, I mean, you know. Of course he's gonna expect Bortles to improve and, and, you know, cut down on the turnovers, which I think was one of the biggest critiques that he had during press conferences. But like he said, Bortles will admit the same thing. It's not like this unknown factor. I mean, I think he's even said in interviews that's one thing he's working on this off season. So
1: mm-hmm. professional environment. You you create the environment, you set the tone. If you have a bunch of people in a room and they're all, you know, downers or they're all, you know, negative Nancy's, whatever you wanna call it. You're not going to get positive results, right when we have a bunch of people in the room that have been truth tellers and seek the the most positive outcome of whatever it is that they're doing, if they work together it's, it's going to happen, it's eventually going to happen, and that's the tone that you know I bet you coughlin and, and Marone are trying to set is to make sure that everybody's on that positive page
0: right A couple of the funny parts I thought in terms of kind of his aggressiveness with the media. If you remember, he somebody had asked like the follow-up question on Bortles, and he was like, I'm going to put it that way. I'm going to put it that way. And he just kind of like shut him down. And then the one guy said, uh, I guess one of the reporters was like, where do we stand You know, at this point? He's like, where do we stand? What's your question? You know, So like I said, it was just a different tone. I thought it was kind of entertaining, to be honest with you, because you can almost feel the reporters kind of uh, taken aback to a certain degree.
1: Well, they're used to, you know, um, Gus Bradley and Caldwell's press conferences Where they would talk about certain things and, you know, naming positions and stuff. Hey, this puts you like this. Caldwell, he's a great money manager. Whoever else is behind the scenes within the organization is managing the cap and managing the money. And he's hit on some draft picks. Some. But, and Coughlin's not a master draft, you know, drafter either. You know, it's not like he had a bunch of aces in in the hole that he drafted in New York. But to ask those types of questions, those are the answers you're going to get when someone's not going to show their hand. Right. You know, you don't forget just, you know, the media elaborating on things and putting words in their mouth. That's the first thing. The second thing is it's a competition. It's a league. You don't want to tip your hat to whatever the heck you're doing, getting ready for the draft to your competition. So some media people, they ask dumb, you know, crazy questions and, uh and others don't so that's why he probably answered that way and 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 a combination of the media also asking those questions because gus bradley and caldwell would answer those questions and sometimes tip their hat or tip their hand so
0: what do you think about so the quarterback uh, piece I i agree with you that i don't think he was really making a specific judgment one way or the other but i think when it came to the running backs it sounded like he kind of was non-committal to the the running back group because all he said was, we need to play better, and he kind of just cut that question short. What do you think about that?
1: Well, he picked up on it again. See, that's the thing. You can't take what was said in the press conference sentence by sentence, line by line. you got to take questions that were asked and kind of piece them together based on what he was talking about depending upon the phase of the game. He talked about we're getting better up front. We're adding more depth up front. That's where it starts. He said that, that exact word, that's where it starts. But then you have to, you know, get better at those. We all need to play better at those positions, uh, and, and at running back. Bottom line, he definitely, one, one of the reporters asked the, 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 the gap between the pass and the run stats that the Jags had last year. His eyes lit up like a Christmas tree on the video. Okay. He, he kind of, he, Coughlin, like I say, he doesn't show his hand, but you know, the, 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 his eyes, His eyebrows went up a little bit, and it was like, yeah, I know that, and I'm definitely concerned about that. (laughs) Right. And I was – dude, it's like, I don't know what – I promise you we're just fans. We're not trying to sit here and act like this is our profession. But dang it, if you can't run the ball, four and 12 seasons are going to happen. 13 and three seasons are going to happen, and that's what's been happening.
0: I don't know. I just got the feeling that that was the one part in the press conference where he, he almost kind of hinted to the fact that we're going to upgrade that position in some way. Like, I just get this feeling we're going to take a running back.
1: Well, well, no, but see, it's not all about running back because remember, Baloo asked a question in that press conference. Baloo from 1010 mm-hmm. asked about the fullback position. Oh, yeah. And then Kaufman asked about, you know, running the ball in different sets. Basically, what he was saying was, yeah, in the years past, we've tried to get creative years, meaning in, in the coaching previous staff. Right. To doing three receiver sets, which are run 65, 70% of the time to try to get creative to run the football, spread it out and run. Well, when you know it, at the end of the day, you have teams in this league that when they need to run the ball, they get two tight ends, a fullback, and they line up and they run the ball. Right. You know, defending Super Bowl champs, the Patriots, you know they were number one on the ground in the red zone. So everyone thinks Terrific Tom throws all these touchdown passes, which he does, but you know when they really get going on the red zone? Was when they or when they get going run the balls, and then when they're in the red zone, yeah, and that's when you have to be most dangerous. that's when your play action gronk fades and all that stuff come up top you know and go up top, and they can really get you. Of course, they didn't show that in the Atlantic in the Super Bowl because they were down so much and they had right. to come back right, but throughout the season, they ran the ball
0: now one part that I think a lot of fans were probably excited about was his comment about always needing more pass rushers, so do you think that's a sign for free agency in the draft?
1: Absolutely. So with Jared Audrick being gone, business football decision, those were his exact words, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of both. Uh, you have to thank Caldwell for that great contract. So it doesn't hurt the team that bad. Yep. Um, and, and if, and if Odrick, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good player and I thought he, I thought he did well, but obviously there were some things he probably said, you know, putting the team's business out there after, uh, after Gus got fired, co- coach Bradley and, he probably shouldn't have said those things. Right. And, uh. Um, and that
0: had to be what it was because he was putting huge emphasis on professionalism and seriousness and everything. So that has mm-hmm. to be it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not going to stand that because he also was in a roundabout way, subliminally, whatever you want to call it, kind of, you know, dogging on the, the, the rest of the coaching staff too. Yeah. So he needed to go. You know, that's all there is. He'll forever be known as a guy. That um that that played here for two years made a couple plays. We won seven games, and now he's no longer here.
0: The only guy who yelled at Gus Bradley,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure wasn't he the guy that the uh, the Dolphins let go to make room for the Dominic suit. You know, yeah, so right. maybe so. I I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. But it is exciting to see them try and go after more pass rushers. You got to remember when he was in New York, and then everyone's going to play that comparison game when he was in New York. When he was in New York. Well, when he was in New York and they two Super Bowls, they had about six guys that could get after the quarterback. Yep. yep, and none of them were linebackers; they were all defensive linemen. So, he must know something we don't know. Yeah, that's why they—that's why he's the president of football operations. Right.
0: No, I was definitely yeah. excited about that comment. Speaking of his position, so it's just crazy to me that after how many years we've had Caldwell as a GM. Coughlin makes the statement, we have a lot of positions to fill. So, I mean, at this point in Caldwell's tenure as GM, I mean, how much can we read into that as an assessment of Caldwell's time with the team? I mean, my thing is, like, what exactly is Caldwell's role at this point? I mean, why isn't he doing the press conference, you know?
1: He's doing, he's not doing the press conference because you got someone that's setting the tone. You set the tone. Now, you notice he didn't throw any players under the bus. He didn't do that. He's not that type of you know, he's not that type of coach. He wasn't that type of coach, and it doesn't sound like he's going to be that type of, uh, uh, I guess you'd say, per, you know, football president of football operations. That's just not what who he is. But he is going to look at every position and fill them pretty much. And I'll tell you this right now. He talked about not just offense and defense. He also talked about special teams. So you got 33 positions that are played during a football game and Jags only really play about twenty of them, because <laughs> they definitely don't play special teams. You know, no kick, no kickbacks or, or, or returns, Uh kick returns or punt returns that are run back for touchdowns. You know, kicking game has been uh, it's been bright it was better than it was last year, two years ago. It was this past season. So that's what he means is is filling those positions, making sure you have a complete football team. Yeah. You know, team, and then as far as the GM is concerned, like I said, Caldwell's a great money manager, and you know maybe he can learn a thing or two because you know Coughlin is getting up there. But that's that's pretty much it. We definitely don't have any any uh any good positive momentum from previous previous seasons.
0: I wonder if like psychologically, because of like social media and all the negativity out there, if I'm like subliminally trying to find him taking shots at people during this press conference. (laughs) Like, you're, you're taking the more kind of, uh, you know, professionalism approach where he's probably just saying things he believes and he's not really saying a secret message or anything. No,
1: no, he, he did. When he talked about mental toughness, Mm -hmm. I can, and he also talked about playing with Knicks, not being seriously injured playing with Knicks. I tell you a couple people he was probably thinking about, Alan Hearns and Blake Bortles Hmm. with those two statements. Okay. Um, Alan Hearns, you know, who who know, you know, he he kinda disappeared. Rashard Green was probably another one. He kinda disappeared. Yeah. You know, those guys, they may have been, you know, really injured. I hope that they hopefully they get healthy and get back onto the field. But how significant was their injury to keep from playing? Uh he was probably talking about Idris, too. Weren't there some games that Idridge missed? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was probably talking about him too. You you don't know and we we won't know as fans. So I'm not going to say here, but there were definitely some players that I think definitely on the mental toughness part, uh, with, um, Bortles, Hearns, Alan Robinson, mm-hmm. mental toughness, right. uh, you know, players that like that, that, uh, um, Tayshawn Gibson, you know, um, JK3 alerted to, uh, alluded to earlier this year in one of the recordings. How Ramsey definitely tipped two or three balls that should have been picked off, but weren't. Because there wasn't that ultimate concentration that was there. Those chances need to be taken advantage of. And that's mental toughness. Cause he wasn't thinking. He was probably just like, you know, whatever, we suck, so I'm not gonna, you know, give a crap. He tipped the ball, that's great, well, you know. Those, those are the things he was talking about.
0: Yeah, I did think that was pretty interesting that part of the press conference, especially how much he emphasized Keenan McCardell's uh, influences as on assistant coaches and kind of that that model for toughness and being a pro. Oh, trust me.
1: that was so. You, you talk about some subliminal shots or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that could have been one, okay. and here's why: because he definitely brought up Keenan McCardell a lot, especially there towards the end, and with Alan Robinson at odds with Bortles and. Having the backup quarterback throw him a ball during every play on practice and seven on seven. Whatever. Okay. There's definitely some, some dysfunction there and he's going to take a strong position coach to check their ego and to get them all on
0: the same page. Right. Okay. So basically you're saying I'm not the pessimistic monster that I'm making myself out to be.
1: <laughs> no, there's definitely some behind these things that they're not going to talk about. They probably have a very tight lip no tolerance for putting your business out there kind of right. kind of policy in place it sounds like it but you could just tell from past performances uh, especially this past season you know we're we're not mentally tough
0: at all right so a couple of points uh, I did mention he's expecting us to be very competitive on March 9th so another sign for free agency um of course we have money to spend and then one part I thought that you would find interesting especially is kind of how much emphasis he put on uh, the scheme, you know, changing and adapting to what's on the horizon and what happened in the league a year ago. So again, I hate to stick with the theme of shots, but not really a shot as much as it is an adaptation to a new way of doing things. So as opposed to sticking to maybe the same system where Gus would try to make players fit within his system. Maybe now it's going to be more so adapting to the personnel and, and kind of like how the league's, uh, how the league's, you know, playing.
1: So I'm going to go back to a little bit, uh, I'm going to kind of make a statement about this point, but I'm going to kind of go take a big lap around it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of our, uh, Facebook, I guess you want to call it, Jaguars uh, team follows, mm-hmm. you know, Big Cat Country one of their writers made a uh wrote an article a few about a month or so ago about continuity with Blake Bortles and the coaching staff uh and how Hackett doesn't have any continuity because it's going to be a new system he that that writer was right in that aspect but where what he missed the point of what they're talking about is and what people are talking about is continuity and knowing how to coach the player and knowing the player besides just a free agent or draft interview. That continuity is just as big, if not bigger than knowing the playbook. So as we adapt is pretty much knowing what players, their egos, how far they can be pushed, how mentally tough they are and how hard they can be coached. That's, that's kind of what he meant by that. And then as far as what happened in the league a year that's such a broad statement. Who knows what he's saying?
2: Yeah.
1: You know, right. I mean, we know this, that, you know, teams that run the ball will go to the playoffs, right. except for the Green Bay Packers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, except for Green Bay, but, you know, when you got A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers, there's A Rod on your team. I mean, that's tough, right. but you gotta, you gotta find players that will adapt to your scheme and buy in to your scheme and then the continuity has to be there. Not just his familiarity with the playbook, but also on how you can coach that player. So it's probably he's probably counting on Keenan to check. Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, Hearns and, and, and Green. Because yeah. on paper, those guys look great. But on the field, you can tell Robinson probably wanted to punch Bortles' lights out. Alan Hearns was hurt every t- every chance he got he got hurt. You know, play he got hurt. Marquis Lee, I don't care what anybody says. He's playing for a contract. He's getting out of here. Um, and Rashad Green was, you know, he missed a lot of time. So right.
0: Well, and as good as Jerry Sullivan probably was, you just have to imagine that Keenan McCardell and the advice and the tips he gives him is going to carry a lot more weight. I mean, he's not they're not going to be able to say anything back to him. I mean, he's going to have his no,
2: opinion.
1: Because he's been there. Yeah. And he's done that. You forget, um Keenan has got a ring. Okay, yeah. with Tampa, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he got a ring. He's been there, and plus, you know, Jags, we went to the playoffs a few times too with him, so he, he he's been there. And not to take anything away from from Sullivan, but you know, he, he was an older coach. Uh, You know, who knows how well he was relating to the guys, but and he had been around the league a long time as a wide receivers coach. But I mean, you just can't. It just doesn't make any sense to to not hire a younger coach that could get in the head of those younger players to let them know, like, hey, yeah, you were great while you were in college or whatever, and you might have had a 1,000-yard season, but that's nothing. Right. You ain't done nothing.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. consistency and, and all that. Well, and I think it's safe to say Paul Pazlezny is definitely going to remain on the team because I think of anybody that he did pinpoint in that conference on the current roster, it was definitely Pazlezny – he mentioned that he's a professional athlete. He likes his locker room presence and he likes how serious he is. Paz Leslie's probably going to be a coach for Coughlin one day, or at least on a team that Coughlin, uh, maybe for the Jaguars one day. Um, but he did, it did seem like character and that toughness that you were talking about is going to be huge when it comes to scouting guys in the draft and in free agency.
1: Yeah, they, they definitely have to vet through the process, through those guys and go through the process of finding mentally tough players. Um give you an example. You know, I, I love my nose, but we're gonna go to Alabama on this one. All right. There's a reason why those guys keep getting drafted. Because Nick Saban demands nothing but the best. He's makes sure that they're mentally tough and they can take the grind of a college football season of what he expects, which is perfection. It, you know, that's why those guys keep getting drafted. All right. It's because they, they've been through probably there's probably three or four programs that are college football programs that actually prepare kids better than any other programs for the mental grind of the national football league. And Alabama is probably the top one. So that just, it, it all, it all is going to come down to, you know, what, what we need, which obviously he said a lot of positions to fill. So I think, you know, we got, 20 position, you know, 33 positions between offense, defense, special teams. And we probably need to fill 13 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning a whole special teams roster and a few pieces on the offensive line. Everything else is pretty much set in stone as long as no one messes it up, you know. And what I mean by that is they're all going to get their chance, the previous year's starters. Yeah. But if they screw up
0: that bad in training camp, then he's going to, re- he's going to replace them. Speaking of special teams, I thought that was interesting, the emphasis he put on all guys playing special teams and that even like some of the top-tier players might play one or two plays during a game in special teams. Is that just kind of like emphasizing his theme of of team above individual?
1: That and the fact that people just think of special teams as changing possession. Um, The Chiefs, for instance, we'll throw out another example. They got a kid on their team, Tyree Kill, right? Didn't he run back like four or three three or four punts this year? Yeah. Yeah, there there were times where the Chiefs needed a play and he made a play to either score or put them into position to score. And if it was done on special teams, then you don't have to worry about starting first and ten at your own fifteen yard line with five minutes left to go in the game, and you've got to drive the length of the field to get a touchdown. If you got a guy that can get you thirty yards on a kick return on a punt return. So instead of starting at the 15, you're starting, you know, near midfield. You know, change of, change of possession is everything. And Coughlin talked about that too. When he, they, when the, uh, there was a report, I don't know who it was, but mentioned about the defense six in yards, but 24th in points. Mm-hmm. So he answered that, well, we have to be complete in all three phases. Okay. That is the most professional answer of. Blake Bortles quit leaving your team out the dry and throwing picks in our own, uh, end of the field and giving the defense, uh, 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 with their backs up against the wall. Right. That's what that meant. Now he didn't point that out. He didn't throw him under the bus, but that's what it is. Right. I mean, can't count how many times we're down first and 10 at our own line, like 22. And all of a sudden we got an interception and they got the ball first and 10 at our 30 yard line. Or our fifteen-yard
0: line. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of final thoughts on the press conference. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, that I just kind of came away, and again, it's just a press conference. It's the off season, but I don't know about you. I just came away as feeling much more confident in the direction of the team going forward. Well, I'd like to see who they draft.
1: Um, there's definitely some needs for offensive linemen. Obviously, we cut Beecham. We still Linder's probably the only guy that's guaranteed to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh So besides that, so you got four positions that are not per se wide open as far as every free agent that's out there, but definitely from a standpoint of bringing other personnel and getting depth at that line, which they already have been doing. They've been signing some guys. Right. Uh And then, you know, uh, Beecham hasn't re-signed with anyone. So, you know, he could be coming back. He, who knows? But, and, and there's no telling on Joko. I mean, me personally, I'll, Joko isn't there anymore, but we'll see. But, um, yeah, it's just a matter of picking the right players, getting the right system in place and system meaning like making sure they're all on board and believers and going from there. Uh, another side note too. We signed the, the defensive tackles, Avery Jones, right? Yep. Yep. People ask, well, why did we sign him? Well, obviously, they they saw something. Brandon Marshall, starting linebacker for the Denver Broncos, I think he went to the Pro Bowl once or twice. Mm-hmm. He was a Jaguar before he went to Denver. And they let him go because they didn't think he could do anything. So Avery Jones could be that guy.
0: Yeah. you, you know, so, like who, who you're saying, like in the prior regime, or sort of, because I guess Caldwell's still here, that they may have let go, but now because Coughlin's here, they've been
1: mm-hmm. keeping him. Yeah, yeah, and and there's some things that they saw that that Coughlin and the coaching staff saw the assistants, and and they you know they rewarded them, and you know you want to keep on going, but they really need to focus on building depth at team. I I get everyone, you know, like Dalvin Cook for instance. He's I would love to see him in a Jags uniform, Mm -hmm. but do we really need to bring on another running back? Are we going to cut Yeldon? Okay, if we bring him on, we know Denard Robinson's going. So then you got, you know, Ivory yelled it in him. So are they going to create competition at that position to see who comes out on top? You could, but there's also so many other glaring holes, especially in the offensive line, especially in the defensive line. You know, more pass rushers. Uh, we need another safety. We got to replace Cyprian. I mean, I don't think Cyprian's going to re-sign with us. And you know what? Cyprian did have his best year. You notice how it's always the guys, they have their best year when their contract's
2: up. Yeah.
0: once you go down your laundry list like that I guess it was true that we do have a lot of positions to fill (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean and it sounds horrible but it does make me wonder like what the maybe it is because of scouting or or money management or whatever it is that they felt that Caldwell was still a valuable part of the uh, organization but it just makes you question when Coughlin's kinda hitting, and you weren't on the last episode, but we talked about how Julius Thomas is gone, Beecham's is potentially gone, Odrick's gone, where it's almost like Coughlin's hitting the undo button on a complete off season that Caldwell had. So what that and
1: there are things that Coughlin recognized. He'd been he'd been coaching for fifty years almost. Yeah. You know, he was probably a grad assistant, probably played college ball. I'm not sure where he played or you know, I haven't looked him up, but you know what got to think? He's what, about to turn 69, 70 years old. He's probably been coaching since twenty one, twenty two. 21, 22. For Probably almost 50 years he's been coaching football at high school, college, and professional level. Who knows? The guy knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. So now it's just a matter of getting everybody to buy into the system. And if they don't buy in, they'll get cut.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I am excited with coughlin, especially that we're we're into the uh nitty gritty of this stuff now, and we're not talking about people being five minute late to five minutes late to meetings and shorts being banned and the the front office you know we're, we're talking about real stuff now, and so we got the combine coming up, we have free agency coming up, and so uh we'll definitely be coming out with some episodes kind of looking at those things uh coming up here soon so uh any final thoughts?
1: no, no, you know combine week this week I'll definitely uh uh, I actually do record some things and look at just you know times and you know coverage and, and interviews, but I don't like really like watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, you got that, and then you'll have the individual pro days for the schools. Yeah. Uh, behind that, before the draft, so you know, this is where the 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 fun
0: Yeah, I'll let you fill me in on who runs faster in a straight line and who can jump and hit those little stick things uh, the highest. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't find any of that interesting, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, the,
1: the forties time is, is just, you know, it's just a competition to see who can run fastest and see who gets all the free prizes. It's, you know, whoever runs the fastest time. Um, you know, you would think, what is it? Bo Jackson, I think, has the fastest time ever recorded or, I don't know if I don't think it's Dion. I think it's Bo Jackson. So, you know, that's just, that's just fun and silly stuff, but. I just like to see, you know, what, what, uh, what the guys do if they, if they all throw or if they all, uh, uh, if they don't throw the quarterbacks and, and, and if the receivers, if you got a wide receiver out there just dropping balls at the combine, you know, you know to stay away from him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause there's nobody
0: on you.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, cool. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening. And, uh, like Derek said, we'll be back with some combine talk and probably some free agency talk in the next couple of weeks. So we'll talk to you guys later.
1: All right, guys, take care.